This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is a Joy 94.9 podcast for the Midsummer Show. Proudly presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au. Celebrating queer culture. The Midsummer Show on Joy 94.9. Presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au. It's beautiful world. It's shine on Joy 94.9. Someone else shining uh, who joins me in the studio today. Oh, actually, before we do that, give it up for Taryn for the morning show and Tim for the Joy News. More Joy News this afternoon, around about 5.30, 6 o'clock. Paul Anthony with you. And as we do each and every year, probably for the last three years now, I've been able to get the CEO from Midsummer to come in and talk about how Midsummer went. Please welcome to Joy 94.9. He's always here, CEO of Midsummer, Adam Lowe. Good afternoon, Paul. It does feel like I'm always here at the moment, but that's <laughs> yes. a wonderful place to be, so thanks for having me. It only seems like last year we were doing this. We were doing this just last year. <laughs> we were. And I haven't seen you for a long time. No. So. Well, you've been gallivanting around um, Australia. Well, not Australia, well, the world, really. That's right. I was overseas for six months of the last 12. Um, the Rugby World Cup opening ceremony in New Zealand and the opening and closing ceremonies of the 12th Arab Games in Doha in Qatar and the fantastic Midsummer 2012 Festival here in Melbourne. Mm. That's been my last nine months. But you haven't been here that long, so I can't really put anything on you, can I? What do you mean? Oh, well, if there's something wrong, can't blame you. You weren't here. Yeah, well, the buck stops here. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Doesn't it? You're still responsible. So today, design for feedback of Midsummer. Midsummer goes for three weeks. Uh, how, how many years has it been running for? 24. 24. Started in 1988. N- Next year is the 25th year. That's correct. So it looks like, so let's hope you get it right by then, which I'm sure you will. Uh, today is the day that you can call up right now, one three hundred five six nine nine four nine. Speak to David on the front desk, tell him what you'd like to talk about, but they can speak direct to you about any feedback about Midsummer. Yep, anything you want to tell me. I'm here to listen and tell you what I think. Good. And um, you can you can tell Adam. Did we thank Ginny? While just about to do that, Ginny has been doing the Midsummer Show, our first year for Joy 94.9, for the last 10 weeks. That's right. Every Monday, this time And I think six or, six, or, six or so of them I was here with her, and that was great fun. So yes. She's amazing. So it was basically each week you'd come in and talk about Midsummer stuff. Yeah. Basically. This time of the day every um, Monday and mm. talk for an hour about what's going on in the festival. I think we did it throughout December and January, so in the lead up and throughout. Um, and yeah. It was great. Got a lot of artists in to talk about what they were doing and promo their stuff, um, which is you know one of our core objectives. And um, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it and that it helped uh, them find their way through what they would choose to go and see. Now we'd like your feedback on that show too, because if it was, I mean, get good feedback, we can do it again next year, I guess. Yeah. Well, we we, we, we intend to do it again next year. Hmm. Um, the, we did it uh, for the first time. In this format this year, uh, James Findlay did it of sorts in the year before. Mm. And, um, you know, it's it's strong. All, also's got their own show. I, I know Chill Out's going to have their, their show. I think that's fantastic for community that all of these different, you know, groups get together, detours. And all these things come and have an opportunity to get some airtime and serve their constituents. All we need now is the MQFF to have their own show. We'll be set. 
Yes. That'd <laughs> be a good idea. All right. What are some of the things that people can call up um, and talk to you about today? Oh, look. Uh, well, if you break it down, you know, the carnival and tea dance, of course, is a big ticket item that a lot of people um, may wish to talk about. The stall, if you were a stall holder and the stall prices and the service and what you got out of it and how it went. Uh, if you're a punter, the drink sales. We added the wine sales this year to... to purchase wine to take back to your picnic blanket uh, was that any good did it go well should we continue to do that um last year we got a lot of complaints about the shade did we get the shade uh did we improve the shade at birrung Ma? i think birrung Ma is probably the single largest thing that people bang on about when it comes to carnival and whether or not the birrung Ma is the the correct venue and um i think it is because we get it we get hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of land higher the hire of a venue for free from the city of Melbourne. We, we squeeze ourselves in there um, and um, we're already, I, I reckon we're already, you know, getting close to 80% of the capacity of the venue. Um, it, you know, it's the sort of thing where there's there's not a lot of other options um, unless we take it out to Flemington or do something like that, which I don't think would be at all attractive for 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 the event um so did we get the shade right what about the performances was the security good um did you find the proof of age tent okay and get your wristband did you did you attend the vip tent was it a was it good at tea dance um um how was ricky lee wasn't she fantastic um and i posted there uh on the uh midsummer website this morning you know that uh ricky lee closed the tea dance with um Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. So, sort of full circle there. Um, the festival itself, there were 160 events. Was that too many? Was it not enough? The festival guide was changed format this year. What do you think? That's probably the second largest thing that I've heard a lot of anecdotal talk about in the street. Um, we did do um, print publications. Um, we just didn't do one, and we probably didn't communicate well around exactly how you should have expected to get the information from those print publications. What other things uh, are there about it? Yarra trams, the presence on Yarra trams. I, it's it certainly makes me feel like I belong here in Melbourne as a gay man to see seventy five percent of the Yarra trams fleet carrying um, a midsummer advertisement on the outside, a poster on the inside, and all those things that you can get at the ticket box hobson's bay the website iphone app there's thousands of things to talk about um pick up the phone if you have got a comment yes do that having a chat with ceo adam lowe so today's the feedback session the midsummer feedback show after 10 weeks of midsummer shows and three weeks of the festival call now one 569 949 if you don't want to call we can sms 0427 joy 949 you can email on air at joy.org.au or you can download the joy app at joy.org.au you're on joy 94.9 it's the perfect mix of music, news and interviews. Joy 94.9. The Midsummer Show podcast. Heard live on Joy 94.9 and presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Celebrating queer culture. Joining me in the studio is the CEO of Midsummer, Adam Lowe, and myself, Paul Anthony. Adam, anyway, continue. Sorry. Uh, well, look, I, I, I think... Um the carnival and tea dance is the area where I want to start the conversation in. Um, it's the beginning of the festival. It kicks off everything. Um, it's been in the opening position of the festival since the opening night was taken away after the 2007 f- 
last Fed Square opening. Yes, and before um, that, the street party. Well, years before that, the street party and the various bits and pieces. So we've tried to make Carnival the massive opening celebration. Do we do we get it right? I think we do. Um, I think over the last few years that we've been doing this, we've we've struggled to get really negative feedback. A lot of, uh, I, I mean, I, we get a lot of rant. At mm. the office, people just brain dumping and ranting on about really nothing without any real con- constructive criticism um, from time to time. Um, and, you know, people saying things like, oh, I'm never going there again because it's back at Birrarung Ma, you know, because there's no shade last year. Well, when, when you do a yearly event to get one thing right mm. and to get one thing wrong, you have to go a second year to fix what was <laughs> the, the things reason, that you got wrong. So, What was the reason for changing from Alexander Gardens? Because it's been at a few sites, Alexander Gardens, Treasury Gardens, back to Alexander Gardens, now Birrarung Ma. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Treasury Gardens move, remember, was related specifically to the 2006 Commonwealth Games, right? And that, and and the and the use of the Alexandra Gardens and the precinct there for Commonwealth Games reasons. And I think that um, Midsummer was moved into Treasury Gardens, and it was a terrible challenge to make that work. From what I've been able to read of the mm. reports and the anecdotal information that I've received since I've t- taken the che- taken the job. Um, the move to Birrarung Ma came around um, initially the city of Melbourne asked us whether we would move to Birrarung Ma for the 2010 festival and I said well no we we're not ready for that we we have we have no plan in place for how we might use Birrarung Ma um, because the event's been in Alexandra Gardens for so long and that's what we and we've been working towards this keep it consolidate everything keep it stable do the same thing to rebuild a bank balance. So the city said, okay, great, we'll leave it for another year and let you build a plan around how you'll use Birrarungma and what that will mean. Um, and the, the, their reasons for asking us are, are twofold. Um, Birrarungma was a significant investment by council and governments in in specific uh, specifically for the presentation of events and that it is full of events throughout the year. Alexandra Gardens is a heritage listed, I think, um, ornamental garden um, rather than a purpose-built event site. Um, so, uh, and the damage that was occurring to trees and grass and things like that in Alexandra Gardens from not just midsummer but all of the matter, manner of events that were, they were doing there. So they've they've taken a um, an environmental management approach to Alexandra Gardens um, and a, a you know capitalising on investment of the Birrarung Mar and I think that's logical. Much feedback since last year because like the first time you moved to Birrarung Mar. People complaining about um, the shade, uh, the shade. people complaining about the gravel floor, people complaining about Dulcie being put down the bottom. What's the what's it been this year in comparison to the feedback? Now, when I say feedback, I don't just mean negative feedback. I mean, has there been, you know, like suggestions brought forward as well? Yeah, well, look, I don't... Th- no, n- not really. We, 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 uh, I personally haven't received a great deal. And I know you spoke to Monique last week in preparation for... The today, um, looking at the with a feedback at midsummer.org, which mm. we've been promoting for 
for a while now, um, had received much. And no, nobody's really got off their bums to tell us anything that they did or didn't like. I, I mean, but what we certainly did and what I'd be happy to listen to now to see from, as I say, from one, year one to year two, we relocated that lower stage and put that in that much more natural amphitheatre area at the bottom of the, the grass. Alex Schofel and the team at Red Benny's did a fantastic job of curating entertainment on that stage throughout the day. Um, Dolly Diamond took on Dulcie's Dog Show um, uh, with great aplomb. Um, I think, for me, that's a better location for that stage. Um, Shading that amphitheatre is a bit of a challenge, but I I think I've got a way to do it. I just need some more time and some more money. We certainly put more shade in on, on the upper terrace where the main stage was. We, I think there were 13 or 14 umbrellas up there. And the, you know, one of the very first comments I had from somebody that I walked up there was how fantastic it was that there was shade there. So we did listen. It's clear that we listened. Um, the BYO topic, you know, it's, we've remained BYO. We haven't, we haven't mm. been forced by any authority or regulatory situation or any choice by ourselves to, to, to can that. Um, in fact, this year we increased, we, we sold wine in bottles, even though it's in glass, which contravenes What was the our, reason for doing that? Well, I like the idea that Carnival is a picnic in the park with friends and you can sit on, the, you can sit on a picnic, picnic blanket, be civil and have a glass of wine um, or a drink. Um, you can bring your own drinks. We have a liquor licensing responsibility um, and what we were able to, uh, to, to license Midsummer to do was to provide that. It had to be unchilled wine, but we were able to sell ice with it and you could take a two kilo bag of ice and stick the bottle in it and sit down on the picnic blanket, leave it for half an hour, watch a few shows, and then you had a cool bottle of wine. So hang on, so you are allowed to take your own alcohol? Yeah, it's a BYO event if you so choose. But I, 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 I insist, if you do bring your own, that you at least buy one at the bar because mm. buying one at the bar is how we're going to pay for the day. Um, and it's and that's if you want to enjoy the day, and you don't want to pay a ticket price at the entry, buy a drink, bring your own by all means. Bring the cheese, bring the platter, bring the whole blanket, do it all. But buy a drink at the bar. One three hundred five six nine nine four nine. Your cue to call. Have a chat to Adam direct. We're talking about midsummer as a whole, not just the uh, not just carnival, but the three weeks. Uh, do you have any feedback? Do you have any suggestions for the year coming? It's one three hundred five six nine nine four nine. The Midsummer Show podcast heard live on Joy ninety four point nine and presented by Midsummer Festival twenty twelve. Celebrating queer culture. Paul Anthony with you on the Midsummer Feedback Show, and we do have CEO Adam Lowe in. Your chance to call one three hundred five six nine nine four nine, and we'll go to those calls in a second. Uh, someone's new to Melbourne, Adam, and they'd like to know uh, what is uh, Midsummer. Can can you explain it? Well, for Midsummer us? is a three week celebration of queer arts and culture across ninety seven venues in thirty three suburbs, with one hundred and sixty events in two thousand and twelve. That kicks off in Birrarungma with the carnival and tea dance um, in the outdoor setting, um, picnic in the park and dance party in the evening, and then three weeks of fantastic queer arts and culture from spoken word, literature, and poetry through to musicals, cabaret, contemporary dance, ballet, you name it, film, novel writing. Um, readings by authors and this year of course the after homosexual the the conference and forum on gay rights issues and um, the celebration of the 40th publication of 40th year of publication for Dennis Altman's book it's a fantastic celebration of queer culture there you go get across to midsummer.org 
www.jumpingjohn.com.au and you can find out more as well. I have to wait till next year until there's another one. Uh, someone also says the jumping castle at Tea Dance was the best idea ever. I know. I just wish I'd lubed it up on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Simon Patterson idea? Because I went to an event once that Simon did. Uh, I think it might have been the Greek and Gay Day or something, whatever, and there was a little jumping castle there as well. I don't this remember. Was massive, wasn't it? I don't it? remember whose idea it was, but I wanted Dodgem Cars and I ended up with a jumping castle. But it <laughs> Dodgem Cars. It worked out well. Oh, okay. Let's go to the phone on one three hundred five six nine nine four nine. Gordon, welcome to the Midsummer Feedback Show. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good. You've got some feedback from Adam? Yes. Um, I'd just like to say I love Birrarangmar. I think it's a great place. It's Thank very you. easy to get into and from when you're leaving. And um, I love that. But the thing that I have a thing with, because I am there with vintage men, Yes. Um, every year I've sort of asked them why they don't change the positioning of the, the tents around. They open them east to west all the time. Now, in the morning, you've got the sun belting in on you. If it's a hot day, you, when the sun's gone around and come to the west, it's coming in and belting through from the west. If the tents were opened north and south, you would have none of that. You'd have Everybody would be in shade all the time. I just can't understand why they face them east and west. I know it's, you've, you've the, got logistics I, and all I, the rest I, of it. It will come down to the number of stalls that we could fit in if we went to that north-south configuration, it would reduce the number, I'm guessing. Well, well um, they're, they're all the same shape, aren't they? They're all nine, uh, nine, uh, three metres by three metres. They so are, but if you open them open north them. to south, we would only get two rows instead of ten. Uh, you could have yeah, two long we rooms, wouldn't, Yeah, but I, don't, I still don't think we'd get as many stalls in. I'm very happy to do the drawing um, yeah, in, the, yeah, in the next year's planning and look I know at it. I've, I've been there many um, times and it's been just so bloody hot when the sun comes over in the afternoon and you're just standing there sweltering in the sun. You know, yeah. It would be easier if, it could, if, it could, if you could work it. You know, it'd be marvellous. Yep. Well, that, that, that is the only reason that I can say there would be mm, for, mm. For, the, for that configuration. It would come mm. down to how many of them we could fit and it's, certain, it's a simple exercise for us to do in the, mm. or, in the wonderful world of AutoCAD and just redraw it and put them out there and see how many we can fit. We have to, yeah. This year we had about 120 stalls. Yeah. Um, so um, thanks. We will definitely do that with the planning this year and see if we can take that into account. Yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were complaining about the sun, you know, even though it was only a cool day um, for midsummer this year, but some days it's been well up in the 30s, you know. Yeah, well, I I have a problem with people in Australia who complain about the sun, (laughs) and we've talked about that before. Um, (laughs) You know, my mother lathered... I'm I'm a ranger. I'm as fair-skinned and freckled as possible. And my mother used to lather me in sunscreen, and I have an aversion to it, but I still have to wear it, because otherwise I'm going to get cancer. And we all live in this country. We know what it's like. So be prepared for the sun or don't come. But sometimes you can obviate a problem, you know. This is the thing. Gordon, thanks for your call and thanks for your feedback. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, no worries, Gordon. They're talking about the um, the different sizes, uh, the different ways we put the tents for the stall holders. Yeah, mm, for the stall holders. Absolutely. All right. Your thoughts. One three hundred five six nine nine four nine. Someone's message in saying brilliant carnival day and tea dance. Um, pity about Katani Gardens due to the weather. Will this impact next year's after Pride get together? Um, I guess in one thing we need to get straight is, is Pride March is a separate um, event from Midsummer, isn't it? Yes, it's a premier event within Midsummer, and there are two organisations. There's Midsummer Festival Incorporated and Pride March Victoria Incorporated. They are two separate committees of management. 
Um, and uh, Lisa Watts is the chair of Midsummer Festival Incorporated's Committee of Management, and Brett Hayhoe is the chair of Pride March Victoria Incorporated. Um, and they're both two, communi- two separate community organisations that um, put on their own events, yeah. um, and it happens that Pride March is traditionally... Uh, it's 17 years old this year, and Midsummer is 24 years old. And Pride March has bec- has traditionally been executed on the first Sunday in February, which these days Midsummer has grown from what was once a one week thing to a two week thing to a three week yeah. thing. And in 2007, Midsummer used to end with Carnival, and Pride March was the week after that. Midsummer's big enough now to be three weeks long. We've uh, we've removed the massive cost of that Fed Square opening and gone to Carnival as the opening night sort of function. And the Pride March event staged by Pride March Victoria is the closing event. Uh, so if Pride March wanted, they could just have their Pride March in August, say. They could do it instance. whenever they wanted to, yeah. So basically Midsummer has no input into what happens at Pride March? None whatsoever. No? Okay. Well, you can direct your feedback to Pride March. <laughs> now, ha- having said that, and I'm happy to I'm ha- I'm happy to pass on anything that mm. I hear today too, Brett. Brett, we we have a fantastic working relationship, and um, we, we you know we've deliberately tried to make it a closing event because of the community's benefit. Pride March this year, unfortunately, after the march had finished, the wind stopped, the heavens opened, and down came the rain and washed Parincy out. Uh, my understanding is that um, there wasn't that many there to attend. This, no doubt, would affect bar sales. If that was to happen at um, Carnival Day, mm-hmm. uh, how would that impact Midsummer? Well, I was there for Pride March and I stayed till the end and I enjoyed some time in the rain as much as some time at the bar. Um, if, if, if that happens at Midsummer... Um, in exactly the same way that it happens to Pride March, it puts the entire year's operating budget at risk hmm. um, of um, a, a terrible loss. Um, I can't speak for Pride March at the moment in any way, shape or form about whether they've been successful or not at the at the bar in terms of dollars. Um, I know at Midsummer, um, we... For, here's, here's the maths. We we calculated enough stock. We pu- purchased enough stock to have at the bar to allow one drink per person per hour in three bars. Th- two of those bars were operating for six hours. One of them was operating for five hours. That's, so that's 12, 17 hours. One drink per person, um, and we uh, we could have done a, a gross sales of over two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. We fell a hundred thousand dollars short of that. We didn't quite make sixty percent of the bar sales that we could have on a day like Carnival was. If it rained and we lost the money, we would be, be gone. Um, previous years, you've had venues run run your bars. This year, you had uh, yourself and. Um, volunteers, how did that work for you? Uh, it worked fantastically well from the point of view that all of that money that we turned over at the bar came directly into Midsummer's bank account, and it came into Midsummer's bank account immediately. One of the reasons why we, you know, we were watching it. We've, were we've, you on your iPhone? Yeah, I was, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, very closely. <laughs> and um, one of the reasons why is for those smaller. For the small businesses that are those bars, it's a significant amount of cash flow to cash flow an event so large 
um, in one hit. Um, and th- at, at the moment, um, with the loss of the Glass House, Midsummer has still not received um, money from 2011's bar sales. Uh, so because of the you know the sheer size of the amount of money and the cash flow in small business um and the glass house has since unfortunately gone bankrupt or mm. closed or whatever i'm not sure um so we we missed out on the money that we got from or that we should have been able to got share in from their, their 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 wonderful partnership with us at the um 2011 festival Let's move it along to some questions that have come in or some feedback that's come in. This one's from Tim. Um, the layout carnival at Birung Ma was much better this year. Using the slope as a natural amphitheatre for the stage was great. Just on that, though, every time I looked at the stage, there wasn't anybody on it. Was that Which stage? The, the small stage, the smaller stage, the one down at the end of the slope. Was, do you not have continuous s- stuff on that stage or did you have it timed? It was timed. It was timed? Yeah, um, uh, probably around the speeches and the various bits and pieces and dog show was on that stage mm. and the the team from red bennies did a did a featured thing there it was specific timings that we tried to fill okay um tea dance at 35 to 50 dollars price itself was uh, out of tim's range he remembers when it was five bucks entry he understands cost increases but that seems a little prohibitive to be honest is it much um well to be honest i've never paid for a, a tea dance ticket um, but um, I, and I don't remember it being five dollars. Um, but how do you work out your price? Is it the the, the talent that you have on the stage? Um, yeah, the way we're budgeting at Midsummer these days is very much taking each of the aspects of festival into its own cost centre. Um, some of those cost centres have revenue, some of them don't. Um, and carnival and tea dance are in fact about five different cost centres across the day because we're looking at the three different bars as standalone cost centres for income and expenditure. We're looking at the free component of Carnival Day and everything that goes into making it free other than the bars in that area as, a, as another area with um, a government funding revenue stream from the City of Melbourne. And tea dance is a standalone area from its two cost centres really. It's the bar and then all of the other bits and pieces that go to make up the site um, and the ticket sales revenue goes against the site and infrastructure side of the expenses and the bar sales revenue goes against the bar stock side of that cost centre. Pre-sale that tickets, what were they? Pre-sale tickets were $35 and for the first time in the three or four years that we've now been running the um, the um, the online sales through midsummer.org.au, we've been able to significantly increase the pre-sale tickets from... Almost no pre-sale. I think in 2008, we'd sold one $20 ticket before the day and we sold everything else on the day. This year we did, um, I could look it up here here in a minute, um, we did uh, probably 60% of the sales um, ahead of the day, which is much better um, for us as a management uh, team knowing that we're going into the day um, with an ability to pay the bills um, rather than going into the day with no tickets sold and not knowing whether anybody's going to turn up or so on and so forth. We're currently having a chat to the CEO of Midsummer, Adam Lowe, on the Midsummer Feedback Show. Call us now if you like, one three hundred five six nine nine four nine. 569 Your feedback or suggestions for next year, greatly appreciated. Our line is open for your feedback. On air at joy.org.au.
The Midsummer Show, live on Joy 94.9 and via podcast for summer 2011 slash 2012. See midsummer.org.au for more details. Are you a Joy member? Joy 94.9 is a community radio station dedicated to being a voice for the diverse gay and lesbian community of Melbourne and beyond. Without your support, we're simply not here. Support us now. Become a Joy member, 1300 Joy 949. You'll be supporting programs like Sci-Fi and Scream. Next week on Sci-Fi, your host Sonia hosts a very different Valentine's Day special on her 100th show. Embracing the aches and pains endured of the heart unwanted, rejected and cast upon. Sci-Fi and Scream, the Valentine's Day special this Tuesday, 10pm, February 14 at Joy 94.9 and available via podcast at joy.org.au. See joy.org.au for more information on all Joy events and broadcasts. Miss any of your favourite shows? Check out our podcast on the Joy website, joy.org.au. Paul Anthony with you on the Midsummer Feedback Show. It's coming rushing to an end. Shane's coming up with the afternoon show shortly. I do have CEO Adam Lowe uh, in for a chat, and you can call on 1300-569-949. Adam, I think uh, probably the most feedback I've heard was the guide this year or the lack of the guide and the way that it was presented. Yes. Okay. Well, there was... No lack of a guide. There was a guide. There were four of them. There was a lack of the guide that I enjoyed. (laughs) Um, What we did this year was produce a poster planner that sort of gave you an indication of what events were in the festival and what time of the calendar they started, what point in the festival they started. Um, And the idea behind that was to drive traffic to the website uh, where it's – where we have the ability to place a lot more information about the shows um, and you can buy tickets directly from midsummer.org.au. We replaced the standalone magazine-style guide this year with four different, uh, what do you call them, lift-out kind of souvenir sort Mm. of wraparound products um, across the Southern Star publication. Um, And what that was an attempt at doing was staggering the amount of information that we receive in the way of images and copy and all the, the information that we have to put into InDesign program and get laid up and get printed. We were trying to see if we could take what was a massive amount of work in one short spit and stretch it out over a month um, to alleviate the pressure on the staff and the team of people putting behind putting together the publication. How did that work for you? Um, well, it, it didn't necessarily take away any of the work. It did mean that the work was we were able to spread the work over a longer p- period of time. I think what we got wrong was the communication around the fact that those four publications were what you were going to need to get uh, as your festival guide. Um, and looking back at how they were produced, I think they missed, um, and we, we we corrected this during the lead-up, I think, um, they, they lacked a matrix of what was on on what day in one sort of solid list that you could kind of cross-reference your diary against. So mm. by using the wonderful products of, you know, I think a Microsoft Word or something like that, we created our own matrix and made it available as a PDF from the website so that people could print that at home. Um, we're, trying to, we're trying to think about things from a triple bottom line perspective, making sure that we're financially successful 
and keeping costs low. And we're, the, the the guide publication is something that the media partner is. It's been the media partner's expense, and the revenue from advertising sales is their their way of offsetting that cost. Um, the social responsibility of making sure that people who don't necessarily have access to the internet or don't want access to the internet can still access printed word about the festival, and the, and then the environmental aspect about trying to make sure that the paper. And the the you know instead of doing forty thousand units of a product that will ultimately you know be thrown away is there is there a different way we can do that so trying to educate people to move towards the the iPhone application and hopefully get that on other platforms in the in the coming years and move to the website and check the website and and not need to rely on a piece of paper that's mm. you know those sort of environmental could you get impact. one of those four guides without having to get Southern Star yes you could download them from the website and you could look at um, you could look at them in page flip view on St- Star Observer will you be doing the same Star again Online. next year. We haven't made a decision yet. Um, the, the discussion is many and varied. And um, I think, again, it comes down to if producing the paper product can cost us zero money from, although it does cost us money in distribution so far, if we can get rid of the cost of um, design, get rid of the cost of um, the, the layout and the work of setting it up, the work of printing it and the work of distributing it and remo- keep those costs at zero or less than five or $6,000 that they have been recently, there's no reason not to bring it back. Ben had sent a message in as well saying lack of guide this year. Um, so, Ben, perhaps um, you could tell us, did you not hear about the guide? Did you not know the guide was a part of the, um, the four um, series? And perhaps you could offer some feedback to Adam. Adam, moving into 2013, uh, you've got some ideas that you're going to put forward. You want ideas from the uh, community well, as well? Well, 2013 is the 25th anniversary of Midsummer Festival. For the last 18 months, I've been thinking about the fact that we celebrate our Silver Jubilee in 2013. In fact, I probably started thinking about it in 2009 um, when we were at one stage looking at trying to bid for the World Out Games and hosting a World Out Games in Melbourne for 2013, which didn't come off. And that was when I first went, oh, it's the 25th anniversary that year. What are we going to do? So, you know, I have a Word document on my desktop there somewhere that's um, been the 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 note-taking space for um, ideas that I've had around um, that over the last 18 or more months, um, I definitely think we should do something special for the 25th anniversary. And I, yes, I have my own ideas about what that can be. And I'm, you know, I'd love to talk to the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. I'd love to t- talk to Melbourne Theatre Company. I'd love to talk to the Art Centre and start conversations now about taking Midsummer into a place where it's absolutely in the first class arts industry area um, because it's already got that reputation with those contemporaries and our colleagues in those organisations. We already have that. I've heard a rumour, I don't know how, how true it is, but just around the grapevine, that you could be looking at two site locations for Midsummer Carnival next year. Well, the idea occurs to me, and I was in Birurangma with the Lord Mayor Robert Doyle filming a webisode that's available on the website uh, that was about promoing this year's festival Um, and uh, it was that day that he shot his welcome message that we did on video this year as well instead of in a printed page Mm -hmm. moving ourselves into that online world Um, and he and I were talking about how big the festival is how significant it is to Melbourne Um, and one of the things that I'd love to do is activate the river 
you know, Melburnians don't seem to do anything on the river. So, you know, this may not happen because it might, you know, we've booked all five lawns. We've booked three lawns, the three sites in Birurangmar, and we've booked the two sites in Alexandra Gardens because you have, really? to, book, you have to book them 12 months in advance. By July, I will make a decision about whether or not we, we're able to do it. How would you get um, people across? Oh, well, Parks Victoria, what the Lord Mayor was suggesting is that Parks Victoria could provide boats, shuttle boats, from one side of the river to the other, and we could turn those shuttle, those shuttle boats into some kind of live performance. Um, there could be activity. We could put a barge on the river, to activate the river. I'm not necessarily talking about getting in the river. I'm talking about activating it as a, as a space upon which to do things, um, including travel from one side to the other. And perhaps there could be a music festival on one side and a stallholders and a picnic in the park on the other side. So what, 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 what ideas do people have? And if there are any sponsors out there with the money to come and mm. help us do it, we're open to talking about it. I like the idea, except for the fact that I think that if, if you, when you go to meet someone, a lot of people take their shade, their blankets, their, you know, uh, their dogs, their cats, whatever else they take. But basically, you know, they make their self at home. I can't see them traveling from south side to north side. And in that respect, you might actually even develop a north side, south side thing for carnival i wouldn't like to see that happening well i guess if we don't fit in the space and this and this might not be something that, that we do in the 25th anniversary because as i as i was saying earlier i think we're about 80 percent we, we, we with 120,000 people this year and 100,000 in the first year we're kind of i would say somewhere between 70 and 80 percent of the site is active it's probably a it might be unwise to do anything about moving out of that space until we're at 110% mm. of the capacity of Birurangmar. So Which it could is be bigger. a few years off. Birurangmar or, or Alexander Birurang Birurangmar is the larger of the all of the options. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just keeping options open in case wonderful ideas or large sums of money come falling into Midsummer's place. Um, but, look, at the worst case, all I would really like to see make see us do is deliver exactly the same carnival and tea dance layout that we've done this year, because, we, you know, I think this year was much improved. If we can do a little bit more to improve the, the, the shade on the uh, amphitheatre kind of with the small stage and... Um, you know, that's as, that's enough. If uh, I, I would celebrate the 25th anniversary in other ways, using the arts and cultural um, festival, the remainder of the three weeks. I can hear your colleague Simon Patterson ringing in the background, um, saying something like um, that: Carnival is not just uh, midsummer; it's a it's a three week event. So before we finish up, if there's anyone that's got any feedback about the way that they attended events, the way they booked for events, um, did you like the events? Were the premier events premier? How, how do you choose your premier events? Well, this year we, we, we had an artistic director choose the premier events uh, against a, 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 the platform of diversity, the, the artistic idea of celebrating diversity, um, trying to make sure that we, we celebrated premier events across as much a as much of a diverse way as possible and that person was Cara Dinley and I think she did a fantastic job of um, pulling that program of premier events together. In the future we will probably reduce the number of events, premier events. It might uh, That's still up for grabs in the debriefs and the post-mortems that we do from this point forward. Um, but, uh, you know, i certainly be interested in, if, in any feedback around the ticketing sales system at midsummer.org.au, how easy it is to buy a ticket. Do you like the fact that you can buy a ticket to multiple events? Um, uh, what, what feedback is there around the website? 
Uh, Stevie T from Joy 94.9's message in singing your praise thinks you're a lovely man so that's nice thanks Thank for that Stevie, Stevie T. Uh, Pete says hi I knew about the guide and I used it but found it annoying I had to wait weeks to find out what was on I had to keep flipping uh, books to work out where we were going it was all on the website though this meant that we didn't ahead go ahead of all of the magazines coming out <laughs> this and meant, I think that's, our, that's what we communicated badly this meant that we didn't go to all the things we wanted to do uh, we felt the new guide was a fail. Bring back the one book. Um, I don't think it's a fail. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's wrong. The choice um, is worth well worth discussing and well worth looking at how we can do it better the next time. Cool. All right. one three hundred five six nine nine four nine. your last chance now if you want to call up. We've only got a couple of minutes left uh, before Shane will be coming in to uh, take you in the afternoon show. You are on Joy 94.9. This is a Joy 94.9 podcast for the Midsummer Show. Proudly presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au Real Topics, Joy 94.9. Adam, 2013, uh, if people want to add feedback, because we're about to finish, we've only got three minutes left. It's gone so quick. We meet once a year, and look, it's already gone. Yes, well, feedback <laughs> at midsummer.org.au is where to send it. And it'll be open um, all, all year. And it's open all year round, and we... we we don't go. We don't go anywhere. We're here for it. You know, I'm going to write reports, and um, by by April five, I'll have done a financial audit on the fina- financial year, and I'll be writing budgets for 2013. And when do you actually sign off on a lot of things for for midsummer 2013? Uh, it'll be it'll basically be signed away by the end of June. Okay, so you've got till the end of June to offer your feedback, but not just feedback, but just maybe suggestions. Ideas, yeah. Ideas it's and the 25th anniversary. What, what, you know, I've tried to prompt ideas today by talking about maybe moving mm. Carnival into two sides of the river. I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that it's a good idea. It could be a really bad one. What I'm trying to do is prompt ideas. I want to hear what people think mm. using feedback at midsummer.org. Dot au to get, tell us your ideas, and somebody out there might have the best idea in the world, and we will find them and try to, to take their lead and go with their idea. Uh, one of the other things that, that came through an email as well, saying that um, because there was no guide this year or no big guide this year, um, the the littler performances or the performances that weren't, you know, well, I guess that weren't premier yeah, events look, didn't get exposed. I don't mean much. not to take this seriously. We're taking it very yeah. seriously. We're looking at the box office um, turnover, the differences between box office in 2010, box office in 2011, and box office in 2012 across the festival to try and analyse whether or not the guide had a significant impact at the box office. We're looking, we're absolutely looking at what we did and how it compares to what we've done in the past, and what therefore will be a appropriate way to do it in the future. Um, and I would suggest my own personal instinct is that a, a single book guide will come back. It might not be the same size. It might be more like the um, the Q magazine size kind of book. That's the sort of thing I'm thinking. Just make it a slightly bit smaller. Um, take out a bit of – try to make a little bit less paper – uh, you know, it's all up for grabs, and it's being taken very seriously. Do you do you have many people message you and say that's it? They're not coming back to midsummer. Uh, I wouldn't call them many, mm. and those that do are really kind of they're the kind of people who, uh, when you read the email, it's just a driveling rant mm. that I think. Well, if you're going to just drivel and blah 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 and end your paragraph with "I'm never coming back again," well, I'm not interested in reading that kind of feedback. And at the same time, when people phone the office and they're pre- not, they're not prepared to put their name to their no, criticism, yeah. or they're not prepared to put their criticism into email because that'll identify them, 
buggy. I'm not interested. For those that... If you've got an idea, I want to be able to work with you. Beyond you telling me what that idea is, I want to be able to keep coming back to you and find out how I'm going with what you're suggesting. Am I doing it right? For those that haven't sort of ranted but have gone for legitimate reasons, um, Sebastian suggests that maybe one way is to to get in touch with those people to find out um, what went wrong, I guess, in that sense. Have you ever done that with um, people? Uh, In what way? Communicating with... Uh, patrons or yeah well, each year well, we do a very we do different t- t- we do a different type of survey this year we're doing survey. an economic impact study um so uh, and we're very conscious of trying not to bar- to barrage people with too many different surveys and different questions but yes we go about finding out what we can from event producers people who buy tickets um and here i am on the radio for an hour today trying to find out what you think and having said that adam we've run out of time shane is up next here at join 94.9 taking the afternoon show um and then i think followed by either joe or stevie t i'm not sure uh we need to thank david moyle on the front desk handling all the calls and emails today conrad brown and jason g who uh put all the promotion together for um the show today monique back in the office who um has been having um great email conversations with myself and adam to you Thank you. No worries. Great pleasure to be here and always a great pleasure to listen to what people think. You can catch me tomorrow night, actually. In fact, uh, filling in for Tim with uh, Wes on the, on the Tuesday Drive show. Heaps of guests coming in. You're on Joy 94.9. This is a Joy 94.9 podcast for the Midsummer Show. Proudly presented by Midsummer Festival 2012. Midsummer.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.